Here's a question for you. Is 250 a milestone? Hmm, it could be, it couldn't be. I mean, it's more than nothing. It's not as much as 500 or 1,000, but it shows that you've been putting in work or you've been doing something to get to 250 of anything. Well, that's where we're at. We're at episode 250 on Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Started this in October of 2019. It's January 25th. 2023 it is a wednesday and we're here 250 hope the shows keep improving and are entertaining to everyone listening great guest some intros with my thoughts some you know around the world stuff some illinois stuff you know keep it on the edge of your seat as much as possible i mean we don't want you to know what we're going to talk about who we're going to talk to anything like that we keep it edge of your seat But thank you for listening to every show that you've listened to, and please keep doing so. We appreciate the love, and we try to show the love back. I'm your host, Brandon LaChance. Don't know where you're listening to this show, but you can catch Edge of Your Seat Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the website, www.rss.com, backslash podcasts, that's with an S, it's plural, backslash Edge of Your Seat Podcast. On the socials, Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, and Twitter, Edge of Your Seat P. Couldn't fit the podcast. We just got a P in there. And please, on all of these sites, platforms, stages, please review, like, star, comment. All of those great things. We appreciate it. It helps us out. Get the word about Edge of Your Seat Podcast to everybody. If you have any questions, suggestions, you want to be a guest, you know somebody that would be a good guest, or you want to become an Edge of Your Seat Podcast sponsor, please send an email to edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. And also, if you're a coach, player, parent, and you have stats, results, accomplishments, send those in as well. We are getting more and more every day, and we love it. And as always, the huge shout out to Brian Cavelli, the mastermind behind the intro and outro beat for Edge of Your Seat Podcast. This show is brought to you by First State Bank. They have 20 locations all over Illinois, from Bloomington to DeKalb to everywhere. (laughs) They're absolutely everywhere. Great bank, great people, always helping you with all of your banking needs. Like I said, this is episode 250 on this show. We will have win-lose stat. We got about two weeks to go over from December 27th to January 9th as we break down high school scores and accomplishments. We are getting caught up. So it'll be a couple more shows, but then we'll be right where we need to be at January 26th or at that point, maybe January 27th or January 28th, whenever the next show comes out, which should only be a day or two. We're getting them out on a much faster pace than we have in the previous months. Also, some NFL chat. The last show that we recorded was on Saturday, so we did not discuss the Sunday divisional round games. And of course, the AFC and NFC championship games are upon us in just a couple days, which is always, always a good time. Our guest today, Scott Anderson a photographer with Shaw Media. We worked together at the News Tribune for quite a few years, somewhere in between five and seven, maybe eight my entire career. I think he came in a a little after. He was there before me and then left and then came back 
great guy, friend of mine. We have a lot of memories, good times to share, talk about. But he did something super crazy awesome this season as he went to a Chicago Bears game and took photos of the Bears in action. So we talk about that and we talk about some other things. Also have Ottawa junior Drake Kaufman. He's a golfer and he went to state this past fall. We speak about his and Ottawa's great season. The Pirates were tearing it up the entire fall. So that's who we're going to talk to. Always have great guests. And today we have two of them. So we're going to get straight into win-lose stat. Like I said, December 27th to 29th. And December 29th, that immediately means holiday tournament basketball. We will start with the Marquette Holiday Tournament. was the Marseilles Holiday Tournament for years. Last year was the last year as the Marseilles administration decided it was time to move on. Now they are in Ottawa at Marquette Academy playing the games we know and love. It actually just started December 26th and then went to the 29th four-day-long tournament. Day one, number five seeded Serena defeated Dwight 61-54. Samanak lost to number four Lexington 66-40. Hall defeated number eight St. Bede, you know that's a rivalry game, 62-50. Number one Seneca Thumped Indian Creek 80-31. Number C, Putnam County lost to Wilmington 55-44. Number two, Marquette defeated Woodland 77-38. Almost a 40-point game. Earlville upset number seven, Gardner South Wilmington 70-48. Day two, the championship bracket. Number three, Serena defeated number four, Lexington 63-62 in two overtimes couple extra periods, Serena sneaks out of there with a one-point win. Number one, Seneca defeated Hall 66-44. And number two, Marquette beat Earlville 55-46. In the consolation bracket, Samanak lost to Dwight 64-51. St. Bede 86, Indian Creek 50, 36-point win for the Bruins. Number three, Putnam County defeated Flanagan Cornell 62-38. And Woodland also upset number seven, Gardner South Wilmington, 43 to 41. This might be a reoccurring theme. Day three, which was December 28th, number one, Seneca, 58. Number five, Serena, 57. Just snuck past Serena, got the W. Number two, Marquette, 69. Number six, Reed Custer, 57. That was the semifinals to set up. Seneca and Marquette in the championship the following day, December 29th. But also on the 28th in the championship bracket, Hall lost to number four Lexington 59-41. Earlville fell to Wilmington 52-44. Consolation bracket still on the 28th. Dwight beat St. Bede 69-68. Number three Putnam County defeated Woodland 46-35. Indian Creek knocked off Samanak 71-68. And just to keep the theme going, we don't cover either one of these teams, but Flanagan Cornell beat number seven, Gardner South Wilmington 32. For being a seven seed, it did not go well for GSW. Day four, which was December 29th, the finals. The 15th place game, Samanak beat number seven, Gardner South Wilmington 46-45. So GSW comes in as a 7th seed and does not win a game. 
13th place game, Indian Creek lost to Flanagan Cornell 54-40. The 11th place game, Woodland just edged number 8 St. Bede 46-41. The 9th place game, the Constellation Championship, number 3 Putnam County is victorious as they beat Dwight 58-49. In the 7th place game, Earlville edged Hall 42-41. 5th place game, Wilmington 58 Knocked off number four, Lexington, 49. Third place, number five, Serena, lost to number six, Reed Custer, 56-55. The championship, where it all matters. Not that any of the other games matter, but the championship is the championship. Looking for some hardware. And number one, Seneca, beats number two, Marquette, 46-43, to claim the Marquette Tournament Championship. The Plano Christmas Classic was December 27th to December 30th. Always a great time. A lot of schools from everywhere playing their heart out. In the first round, which was December 27th, number three, Caneland beat Mendota 71-41. For Caneland, Javon Grant had 23 points, 6 rebounds, and 4 assists. And for Mendota, Isaiah Nanez had 12 points, 4 rebounds, and 3 assists. Number six, Yorkville Christian knocked off Sandwich 54-51. For Yorkville Christian, David Douglas Jr., 38 points, 15 rebounds, and just for kicks and giggles, two blocks and a steal. He's going to have a lot of stat lines like this in this four-day tourney. For Sandwich, Dylan Young, 13 points and six rebounds. Number seven, Ottawa defeated Lyle 65-55. For Ottawa, Levi Sheehan, 22 points. Morris lost to number two, Marmion, 65-36. For Morris, Jack Wheeler had nine points. Newark lost to number five, North Ridge Prep, 59-23. For Newark, Zach Carlson, 11 points and five rebounds. Number eight, Streeter beat Hinkley Big Rock, 57-51. Streeter's Christian Benning, 24 points, nine rebounds and four assists, while Hinkley's Ben Hitchkey and Martin Ledbetter had 15 points each. Plano lost to number four, Peoria Notre Dame, 53-18. A.J. Johnson had five points for Plano. And also in the first day of the tournament, number one ranked Central beat Cole City, 87-48. Day two, Morris lost to Lyle, 63-57. Jack Wheeler had 15 points and seven rebounds for the Redskins. Sandwich knocked off Mendota, 57-48. Quinn Rome had 15 points, and Dylan Young had 11 points and 11 rebounds for Sandwich, while Kale Strauss led the Trojans with 18 points. Plano, 51. Newark, 47. For Plano, Devon Stamps had 21 points and 6 assists. For Newark, Jake Cruiser had 20 points. Hinkley Big Rock lost to Cole City, 76-65. Martin Ledbetter led the Royals with 21 points and 12 rebounds. Number three, Caneland, knocked off number six, Yorkville Christian, 81-56. For Caneland, Troyer Carlson, 24 points and 10 rebounds. And for Yorkville Christian, David Douglas Jr., 31 points, 14 rebounds. Number seven, Ottawa, the Pirates, lost to number two, Marmion, 61-28. For Ottawa, Aiden Mucci had six points. Number four, 
Peoria Notre Dame beat number five Northridge Prep 72-52 and number eight Streeter lost to number one Central 72-36. Christian Benning had 11 points for the Bulldogs. Day three, which would have been December 29th, Hinkley Big Rock 60, Newark 55. Martin Ledbetter had a nasty double-double of 19 points and 17 rebounds for Hinkley, while Zach Carlson had 18 points for Newark. Mendota got a W, defeating Morris 68-60. For Mendota, Rafael Ramiro had 29 points and 10 rebounds, and Gage Phillips had 26 points and 8 rebounds for Morris. Sandwich 58, Lyle 45, Evan Gottlieb had 16 points for Sandwich. Plano lost to Cole City 47-42. Jack Pugh had 13 points and 5 rebounds for the Reapers. Number 6, Yorkville Christian 59. Number 7, Ottawa 46. David Douglas Jr. did it once again. 26 points and 12 rebounds for Yorkville Christian, while the Pirates were led by Cooper Knowles, 19 points. Number 8, Streeter lost to number 5, Northridge Prep. 51 to 40, Nolan Lukic had 10 points and 6 rebounds for Streeter. Number 3, Kainlin lost to number 2, Marmion, 72-69. For Kainlin, Troyer Carlson, 22 points and 7 rebounds. Number 1, Central, 55. Number 4, Peoria, Notre Dame, 47. And the last day, December 30th, final time. 15th place game, Morris beat Newark, 56-47. Jack Wheeler had 26 points for Morris and Zach Carlson 16 points for Newark. In the 13th place game, Hinkley Big Rock beat Mendota 64-48. For Hinkley, Martin Ledbetter 15 points and 9 rebounds. Mendota was led by Rafa Ramiro's 19 points and 9 rebounds. Plano won the 11th place game 46-36 over Lyle. Sammy Cifuentes had 12 points and 8 rebounds for the Reapers. In a rivalry game, number 8 Streeter beat number 7 Ottawa 64-51 for the 7th place honors. Christian Benning led Streeter with 33 points and 11 rebounds. Peyton and Cooper Knoll had 14 points each for the Pirates. Constellation Championship, the 9th place game. Sandwich beat Cole City 49-41 behind Sandwich's Evan Gottlieb's 14 points. In the fifth place game, number six, Yorkville Christian lost to number five, Northridge Prep, 73-57. Yorkville led by David Douglas Jr.'s 26 points and eight rebounds. Third place game, number three, Kalen fell to number four, Peoria Notre Dame, 55-48. Javon Grant, 17.12 rebound double-double for Kalen. In the title game, the top-seeded Central was the top seed as they beat number two Marmion 58-41. And it was kind of scratched throughout the way. I mean, the title game was the one and two seed. The third game was the three and four seed. The fifth place game was the five and six seed. So whoever set up the seedings, the rankings, and decided who was going to be in this tournament, they did a great job and pretty accurately, I would say. The Lamoille Holiday Tournament was December 27th to 29th, boys basketball, and I refed. I was the official for each one of these games. It was very interesting, to say the least. It was my first varsity contest as an official. Many, many more to come. Already did a couple cents, and I'm set up to return to this holiday tournament next year. 
But this year was interesting to say the least, as all basketball games always are. Day one, Low Point Washburn beat Hiawatha 56-32, and Lamoille beat Depew in the Battle of the Brothers as Chance Bloomhurst coaches Lamoille and Trey Bloomhurst coaches Depew. Lamoille won 55-45 behind Eli King's 17 points, 7 rebounds. Day two, Low Point Washburn 62, Depew 31. Lamoille 52, Hiawatha 25, Eli had the same stats as he did against Depew, 17 points and 7 rebounds. Day 3, the final games, 3rd place, Hiawatha knocked off Depew 46-30, and Low Point Washburn beat Lamoille 55-45, Tyler Billhorn had 8 points and 7 rebounds for the Lions. The Chuck Dayton Classic, DeKalb was the top seed, they won day 1, 65-41 over Ogden, but lost in the second round, 57-38 to number 8 Geneva. DeKalb beat Lincoln Way West 67-31, then moved on to the 5th place game and defeated number 6 Phillips 46-42. The State Farm Classic was held December 27th to December 30th as well. December 27th, the small school boys bracket as they have a small school's boys, small school girls, and large boys and girls. So here is the small school boys bracket. Number 16, Anawan, lost to number 1, St. Joseph Ogden, 78-28. Number 8, El Paso Gridley, beat number 9, East Dubuque, 55-43. Number 15, Fieldcrest, beat number 2, Aurora Christian, 40-37. And Rock Falls, lost to Normal University High. Day 2, December 28th, number 10, Rock Falls, beat Aurora Christian, 50-43. Anawan, lost to East Dubuque, 61-44. El Paso Gridley fell to St. Joseph Ogden, 56-36. Fieldcrest also in the losing column as normal University High, 58-28 victory. Anawan lost to Chicago Providence St. Mel, 66-56. Moving on to day three, which was December 29th. We start the championship games of the consolation and championship bracket. 7th place, Consolation, Anawan, fell to Tri-Valley, 44-32. Rock Falls lost to Winnebago, 44-40. El Paso Gridley edged Quincy Notre Dame, 49-46. And Fieldcrest in the win column against Bishop McNamara, 64-42. In the third Consolation game, Rock Falls beat Olympia, 64-38. In the 7th place game of the championship bracket, Fieldcrest beat El Paso Gridley 58-40. St. Joseph Ogden won the championship by beating Normal University High. Let's move on to girls basketball. We'll start with stuff outside of a tournament as Sycamore fell to Hersey 55-46. Then the Amboy Holiday Tournament happened December 27th to the 30th. We have Mendota and Amboy that was in it. We'll start with Mendota. Mendota lost to Salmonac on day one despite Katie Jenner's 14 points and Rihanna Brandt's double-double of 12 points, 18 rebounds. She also had three blocks. December 28th, Mendota fell to Newman, 42-28. Jenner had eight points and three steals, while Brandt had seven points and nine rebounds. December 30th, Serena beat Mendota, 41-19. Jenner, eight points. Brandt, seven rebounds. Jenner was named to the all-tournament team for Mendota. 
The champs of the tournament were Amboy as they rolled through the tournament. Day one, Amboy beat Hall 35-31 behind Addison Pertel's 18 points and Maeve Larson's 11 rebounds. December 28th, Amboy 53, Roanoke Benson 26, Ellie Jones had 17 points. December 30th, Amboy 31, Serena 16, Tyra Vossen had 10 points. In the title game, Amboy beat Samanak 56-22. Ellie Jones had 12 points and so did Courtney Ortizian. She also had 12. Jones and Pertel were named to the all-tournament team. At the Dixon Holiday Tournament Girls Style, Sterling fell to Eastland 39-37. In the semifinals, December 28th, Dixon beat Stillman Valley 40-28, and Byron fell to Lincoln 72-28, setting up Dixon and Lincoln in the championship game, and Dixon fell to Lincoln 49-16. The girls' small school bracket in the State Farm Tournament, December 27th was the first round. Number 9, Anawan, lost to number 8, Rockford Christian, 68-63. Number 14, El Paso Gridley, lost to number 3, Brimfield, 36-19. But we had a winner here. We did. We did. Number 11, Rock Falls, upset. Number 6, Burlington Central Catholic, 47-44. El Paso Gridley lost to Burlington Central Catholic, 68-45. Anawan, 62, Olympia, 35 Rock Falls edge Brimfield 55-43. El Paso Gridley got another win in the tournament, beating Riverdale 51-25. Day 3, December 29th, we start wrapping up brackets. In the fifth consolation game, El Paso Gridley loses to Olympia 57-41. Anawan downed by Winnebago 64-49. Rock Falls lost to Sacred Heart Griffin 38-23. In the third Consolation game, Anawan defeated Bishop Mack 53-38. In the championship bracket on that side of things, in the seventh place matchup, Rock Falls fell to Rockford Christian 54-45. In the championship, which was December 30th, Paris beat Camp Point Central for the trophy. Also played December 27th to December 30th was the Lady Bruin Tournament. Fieldcrest on day one, December 27th, beat Rock Island Junior Varsity Squad 68-18. Caitlin White had 15 points for the Knights. Have to have some wrestling holiday tournaments as well. Sandwich Dual Team Tournament was held December 27th through, I believe, the 29th. Sandwich won it all. They were the champs of their own tournament. And here's how they did it. They beat St. Vider. 47 to 15. Wins for Sandwich against St. Vider. At 113, Jack Forth had a pin. And at 138, Jacob Cassie had a pin. And at 132, Caden Kern had a 19-4 tech victory. Sandwich, 45. Duran Pecatonica, 30. Pins for Sandwich at 195, Cesar Garcia. 120, Ashlyn Strens. 152, Josh Lehman. Sandwich beat Rockford East 45-30. Behind pins at 138 for Miles Quarter, 152 Josh Lehman, 170 Caden Clevenger, and 182 Bryce Decker. In the championship, Sandwich beat Plainfield Central 39-30. 
Pins were from Cesar Garcia at 195 and Josh Lehman at 152. The tournament did include Sandwich, Plainfield Central, Rockford East, Rock Falls, St. Viator, Mendota, Duran Pecatonica, and St. B. The Bruins finished the tournament fifth, started with a 48-30 loss to Rock Falls. The pins for St. Bede, 126, Hunter Savage, 145, Logan Pineda, 182, Jake Miglarini, 195, Ryan Miglarini, and 220, Gavin Hahn. St. Bede lost to Plainfield Central, 47-12. There was no pins for St. Bede, got a couple of forfeits. St. Bede beat the Trojans of Mendota 54-12. Pins came from Trajan Rafferty at 138, William Stramke 170, Ryan Miglarini 195, and Mike Shaw at 285. St. Bede then went on to beat Duran Pecatonica 42-27. Pins came from Garrett Connolly at 160, Ryan Miglarini at 195, Gavin Hahn at 220, and at 285, Mike Shaw. That is how St. Bede earned a 5th place finish. Mendota finished 7th as they went 1-3 at the tournament. St. Bede beat Mendota 48-12. Gavin Evans had a win at 132. Caden Thornton a forfeit at 113. Rock Falls beat Mendota 78-6. Thornton's forfeit was the only points for the Trojans. Plainfield Central beat Mendota 47-6. The lone points were from Nate Guyberson at 285 with a forfeit. Mendota did get a victory 30-18 over St. Viator as Gavin Evans at 132, Jose Hermosillo at 138, Albert Harris at 285 all got pinfall victories and Rhett Watson at 145 and Reese Lane at 195 got forfeit points. Going back to the Lady Bruin Classic, as we go to Wednesday, December 28th, the second round of action, Fieldcrest beat St. Bede 73-46. For Fieldcrest, Ashlyn May had 25, and Ali Bosnich had 21 for the Lady Bruins. Fieldcrest then beat Seneca 59-43. Ashlyn May, 24 points. Carolyn McGow, 10 points and 12 rebounds for a double-double against Seneca, while Laney Olsen had 8 points for Seneca. Thursday, December 29th was day four of the Lady Bruin as the semifinal saw Fieldcrest beat Putnam County 52-28. For Fieldcrest, Caitlin White and Ashlyn May had 12 points apiece, while Maggie Rochetta had 8 points for the Lady Panthers. The championship game featured Fieldcrest and Eureka. The Knights get a 61-29 victory behind Caitlin White's 15 points. Ashlyn May had quite a day with 11 points, 6 assists, and 5 steals. Caitlin White, Ashlyn May, and Carolyn McGowell found themselves on the first team all-tournament team as Fieldcrest moved to 16-0 at the time on the season. Wrestling tournament Abe's Rumble in Springfield for St. B, the first round. The Bruins lost to St. Joseph Ogden, 48-30. Pins for the Bruins 145, Logan Panetta, 160, Garrett Conley, 170, Grady Gillian, 182, Jake Miglarini, and 195, Ryan Miglarini. St. Bede had a bye in round two before going into round three and losing to Canton, 60-18. Garrett Conley at 160, 
Ryan Miglarini at 195, and Garrett Hahn at 220 had pinfall victories. Round four is a tough one for St. Bede as Cole City won 78-3. Lone points coming from Ryan Miglarini, a 6-1 decision at 195. Round five, St. Bede beat Murfreesboro 48-36. Pins for St. Bede, 126, Hunter Savage. Logan Panetta at 145. Garrett Conley at 160, Jake Miglarini at 182, Ryan Miglarini at 195. St. Bede finished the tournament in 10th place. Ryan Miglarini was 7-0 on the day. Moving forward, Saturday, December 31st, we got wrestling action as Kiwani won a triangular against Putnam County Hall and Farmington. Kiwani 60, Farmington 22. The Kiwani pins came at 132 from Will Taylor, 145 from Parker DeBoard, 152 Max Kelly, 160 Jackson Hicks, 170 Jackson Hawkins, and 195 Nate Lockett. Kiwani beat Putnam County Hall 76-6. This gets us to Monday, January 2nd. We are in the new year, 2023. Hopefully everybody had a happy new year and keeping that going as we are ending January already. Boys bowling, Sterling 32-52, Dixon 30-40. Girls basketball, Anawan 58, Rovo Williamsfield 40. For Anawan, Bella Van Opdorp 16 points, Kaylee Sellis 10, and Olivia Goodley 10. The Lady Pirate Holiday Tournament wrapped up as the games were carried over from December 22nd because of weather and obviously the holidays, things of that nature. In the championship game, Ottawa wins their own tournament, 51-46 over Metamora. LaSalle, Peru lost to Joliet Catholic Academy, 48-43. The all-tournament team saw LaSalle, Peru's Brooklyn Fisic, Ottawa's Marley Orlandi, Grace Carroll, also from Ottawa, was the MVP. Addison Ness from Newark made the team, and so did Putnam County's Chloe Sisko. We go to the pool for Tuesday, January 3rd. LaSalle, Peru, Ottawa Co-op beat Moline 55-38. The 200 medley relay saw LaSalle, Peru's Bo Whittle, Chris Lowry, Owen Phillips, and Brian Lowry come in with a 1 minute 48.67 seconds. These are all LP swimmers, so we're not going to say LP every time. We're just going to say the event, the person, and their time. The 50 freestyle Owen Phillips won with a 22.88 second swim. The 100-yard butterfly, Brian Lowry, came in at a 1 minute 2.24 seconds for the victory. 100-yard freestyle, Chris Lowry, won it in 53.52 seconds. 500-yard freestyle, Owen Phillips picked up the victory, 5 minutes 32.17 seconds. 200 freestyle relay. LPs Chris and Brian Lowry, Jonathan New, and Owen Phillips finished in 1 minute, 38.45 seconds. And in the 100-yard breaststroke, Chris Lowry won in 1 minute, 7.19 seconds. Boys Bowling St. B defeated Erie Prophetstown 25-92 to 23-44. Hayden Ader led the Bruins with a 6.58. For the girls, St. B 23-19, Erie Prophetstown 21-16. Madison Torrance led the Lady Bruins with a 447. Going back to the hardwood girl style, 
Fieldcrest lost its first game of the season to Porta, 48-38, falling to 16-1, while Porta was 15-0 at the time. Fieldcrest's Caitlin White had 13 points. Amboy knocked off Samanek 33-18 behind Addison Pertel's 11 points. Moving to boys action, Princeton defeated Three River Conference East Division foe Kiwani 78-48. For the Tigers, Grady Thompson had 28, Tegan Davis 15, Noah Laporte 11. Kiwani was led by Brady Clark 17 and Blaze Lewis chipped in 10 points. Hall beat Mendota 58-44. El Paso Gridley lost to Prairie Central, who was 15-0 at the time, 43-39. For El Paso Gridley, Jonah Funk had 16 points and Micah Meese had 12. Amboy lost to Leland 61-36, despite Wes Wilson's 11 and Troy Anderson's 10 points. Back to the wrestling mats, Princeton beat Plano 51-27, Seneca beat Plano 42-32, and winners for Plano at this tournament Marcos Garcia, Trevion Guilford, Antoine Guilford, Caden Roning, Gio Diaz, Elias Perez, and Alex Diaz. Wednesday, January 4th, boys basketball, Irville beat St. Bede 75-51. Irville led by Ryan Browders, 24 points and 9 rebounds. Griffin Cook had 21 points and 9 rebounds. Aiden Waite, 14 points and 12 rebounds. And Garrett Cook, Almost had a triple-double, 12 points, 11 assists, and 8 rebounds. Rankings came out for the week. In Class 2A, Princeton was number 2. Seneca received 6 votes. In 1A, Serena, Yorkville, Christian, and Midland all received votes. Nobody was in the top 10. The girls' basketball rankings, Dixon received votes in 3A. Fieldcrest was 2nd at 2A. They did have the 16-0 record that had not lost yet. Quincy Notre Dame was first at 17-1. Byron was fifth, Princeton was ninth, and Stillman Valley received votes. In 1A, Amboy received one vote. In action on Wednesday, January 4th, Rochelle beat Morris 39-20. Landry Callahan had 10 points, 14 rebounds, and 4 steals for the Hubs. Anawan beat Ridgewood. 57-22, Olivia Goodley had 10 points for Anawan. Amboy beat Polo 50-37, Ellie Jones scoring a career-high 25 points. Back to the bowling alley. Mendota defeated Streeter 33-51, 31-53 in boys action. Landon Bauer had a 699 three-game series for the Trojans, while Sandwich was led by a 688 from Brady Grabowski. Wrestling, Putnam County Hall, Morrison, and Riverdale met in a triangular. Putnam County Hall fell to Riverdale 62-6 and to Morrison 42-24. James Irwin won by pinfall at 285 in each match for Putnam County Hall. Thursday, January 5th, girls basketball. St. Bede beat Burrow Valley 64-55 in overtime. Ali Boslinch had 32 points for the Lady Bruins. LaSalle Peru beat Mendota 48-15. Fieldcrest beat Leroy 53-24. Ashlyn May had 23 points, and Macy Gokenauer came off the bench to score 13. Newark 59, Indian Creek 11. Bethany Odell had 7 of Indian Creek's 11 points. 
El Paso Gridley lost to Eureka 66-30. Kaylee Randall had 8 points for EPG. Hadley Lutz scored 21 points for Oregon as the Lady Hawks beat Harvard 61-24. Back to the wrestling mats. Kiwani, Eureka, and Knoxville met in a triangular. Kiwani wins it as they beat Eureka 57-18 with pins behind Chance to Splinter at 113, Waylon Lambert at 132, Will Taylor 138, Parker DeBoard 145, 170 was Jackson Hawkins, and 182 Alejandro Duarte. Then Kiwani beat Knoxville 48-36 behind pins at 126 from Ben Taylor and 160 Jackson Hicks. Back to the pool, the LaSalle Peru Ottawa Co-op beat Peoria Notre Dame 65-23. The LaSalle Peru winners, 200-yard freestyle, Brian Lowry, 2 minutes, 1.66 second swim. 200 intermediate, Owen Phillips, 2 minutes, 10.35 seconds. 50-yard freestyle, Chris Lowry, 23.66 seconds. 100-yard butterfly, Brian Lowry, 1 minute, 0.8 seconds. 100 freestyle, Jonathan New, 54.12 seconds. 200 freestyle relay featured Jonathan New, Brian and Chris Lowry, and Owen Phillips, 1 minute, 36.32 seconds. 100 backstroke, Phillips, 1 minute, 0.30 seconds. 100 yard breaststroke, Chris Lowry, 1 minute, 8.99 seconds. And the 400 freestyle relay, Brian Lowry, Chris Lowry, Jonathan New, Owen Phillips, 3 minutes, 35.5 35.5 seconds. Girls Bowling staying at Thursday, January 5th. LaSalle Peru 3169, Mendota 2363. Christine Ritchie led the Lady Cavaliers with a 596, while Lauren Holland had a 456 for the Lady Trojans. Also in Girls Bowling, St. B 2647, Streeter 2013. Aubrey Acuntis led the Lady Bruins with a 558, and Juliana Schultz. Led Streeter with a 390. Boys Bowling. Streeter beat St. Bede 28-69 to 27-21. Streeter was led by Brady Gerbowski 626. St. Bede's Hayden Ader had a 539. Mendota defeated LaSalle Peru 35-50 to 3361. Clay Buffington led the Trojans with a 654, while Aaron Siebert had a 608 for the Cavaliers. Friday, January 6th, Boys Basketball. Fieldcrest beat Leroy 66-60, Landon Moudreau had 18, and Connor Reichman had 15 points for the Knights. Oregon lost to Rockford Christian 90-44. Oregon was led by Jordan Krogertz 13 and Jamison Kaposi's 12. Earlville beat Amboy 43-31. For Earlville, Ryan Browder had 18 points and 15 rebounds, and for the Clippers, Eddie Jones had 17 and Troy Anderson 14. El Paso Gridley lost to Eureka, 45-41. EPG was led by Micah Meese, 18 points, 7 rebounds. Kiwani, 62. Burrow Valley, 50. Brady Clark had 19 points. Blaze Lewis had 15 points. And Cottrell Reed had 11 points for the Boilermakers, while the Storm were led by Landed Holsings, 12, and Bryce Helms, 10 points. Newark, 72. Indian Creek, 54. Wrestling Mats. St. Bede, Erie Prophetstown, and Kiwani met in a triangular. St. Bede lost to Erie Prophetstown 36-27. 
Kiwani beat St. Bede 65-17. Girls basketball, Hinkley Big Rock beat Morris 42-39. For Morris, Landry Callahan had 20 points and 15 rebounds in a double-double. Saturday, January 7th, boys basketball, LaSalle Peru beat Mendota 56-46. Seth Adams had 20 points. Girls basketball, Sandwich beat Morris 34-31. Landry Callahan had 10 points and 14 rebounds for the Lady Redskins. Anawan beat West Liberty 59-53 behind Olivia Goodley's 17 points. At the Eastland shootout, Amboy was victorious over Freeport Aquan 32-21. Addison Pertel had 9 points and 5 rebounds. Wrestling once again as Sycamore beat Plano 54-22. Wins for Plano came at 120 from Marcos Garcia, 138 from Chevion Guilford, 195 Richie and McCurry, and 220 Elias Perret. St. Bede, Morris, and Bradley Bourbon A met in a triangular. Morris beat St. Bede 45-24, and St. Bede lost to Bradley Bourbon A 62-20. Pins for St. Bede in the two matches. 126 Hunter Savage, 132 Landon Bogio. 160, Grady Jillian, 285, Mike Shaw, 138, Trajan Rafferty, 145, Logan Panetta, 195, Jake Miglarini, and 220, Ryan Miglarini. At the Prairie Central Hawk Classic, El Paso Gridley won with a 254.5, Plano was 5th with a 151.5, Sandwich was 7th with 128. Sandwich's Miles Quarter won the 132-pound bracket. Monday, January 9th. This is the final day we're going to do in this win-lose stat. Boys Bowling, Mendota defeated St. Bede 32-09 to 26-28. Landon Bauer had a 7-11 three-game series for the Trojans, while St. Bede was led by Dominic Fondarelli's 5-0-5. Girls basketball, El Paso Gridley, Gets a win over Gibson City Melvin Sibley, 43-36. Miley and Maddie Earhart had 11 points each for El Paso Gridley. Fieldcrest loses the second game of the season as they fell to Eureka 68-61 in overtime. The Knights were 17-2 at the time. Carolyn McGow had 21 points against Eureka. Anawan won its fifth in a row, 51-38 against Knoxville. Olivia Goodley had 16, Bella Van Opdorp 15, and Kaylee Sellis had 11. Boys basketball. LP fell to Dunlap 54-43 despite Josh Seneca's 20 points. Midland beat Earlville 58-45. For the Red Raiders of Earlville, Ryan Browder 14 points and Garrett Cook had 11 points and 5 steals. Getting back to girls basketball, we had some more. A lot more. Newman, 42, Kiwani, 37, Hall, 52, St. Bede, 43, for Hall, Promise, Gia Cometti, and McKenna Christensen had 17 points each. Dixon, 45, Winnebago, 33, Harvest Day had 13 points for Dixon. Hinkley, Big Rock, 50, Earlville, 21, for Hinkley, Anna Herman, 18, and Sammy Carlino, 11, Burrow Valley, 59, Mendota, 28, Putnam County, 29, Seneca, 25, Gracie Chucci had 15 points for the Lady Panthers. And Ottawa lost to Joliet Catholic, 52-48. One more score in girls bowling as Sterling defeated Dixon, 
2779-2597. Apologize for jumping around, but as we're scavenging, we're looking around for stuff. We're checking our emails from awesome coaches and athletic directors that are sending us stuff. Twitter, text messages. I have tons of coaches that also do that. So moving everything around, getting it all in there. Maybe not in an orderly fashion, but get the stats, get the wins, the losses, accomplishments, everything we need. Have you heard the news? First State Bank is the first to offer Quillo. Quillo is an online personal loan officer that allows you to apply for a loan in just minutes. Need to replenish your checking account, pay off a high interest credit card, or take that vacation you have always wanted? Check out Quillo on the First State Bank website using your phone, tablet, or PC. It won't impact your credit score to apply. There are no fees, no penalties, and payments you can afford. You'll need a First State Bank checking account, but have no worries. You can apply for one of those online too. Check out FSB Premier's account that pays higher interest for doing a few routine activities. Go to firststatebank.biz today to see how you can get a Quillo loan with a new or existing checking account. First State Bank is member FDIC and equal housing lender. Let's chat some NFL real fast. The divisional round games from Sunday. Bengals 27, Bills 10, 49ers 19, Cowboys 12. I predicted both of these games correctly. Yay me. I think the Bengals are the hottest, best team in the NFL right now. I did choose them to win the Super Bowl over the San Francisco 49ers before the playoffs began. So hopefully my prediction is right. That's what I want to happen. But we will see as the NFC game on Sunday will be the 49ers and the Eagles and the AFC game is going to be the Bengals and the Chiefs. 49ers, Eagles, perception real quick. The Eagles are dominant. They are really good. Really, really good. Their position players are amazing. Jalen Hurts has come out this year as the best quarterback or one of the best. Joe Burrow has something to say about that. Patrick Mahomes has something to say about that. But Jalen Hurts is right in the conversation. And before the season started, he was not even a glimmer of hope. But he has put himself there by playing amazing football. So we will see what he can do in the brightest of lights. The bright, bright lights of the NFC Championship game against against the best or second to best defense in the league. I love the New York Jets defense. I'm just saying. But the 49ers, Nick Bosa... Oh my gosh, that whole defense are a bunch of maniacs. I'm hoping the defense wins the game. Brock Purdy does what he has to do. Even though he's a rookie and a third string quarterback, he's been playing well. He's helped the 49ers win games. Or more importantly, he's not lost them for them. That's the main thing with a third string quarterback. So he's not done that. They've won games and now we are here at the NFC Championship. I think they can beat the Eagles. AFC, Mahomes is beaten up. His leg is hurting, even though he says he can play. Joe Burrow and the Bengals have been on fire. Their defense has played well. They are opportunist. If they see a ball in fingers reach, they are going to grab it. I just think the Chiefs are a great team, but I don't think they're hot enough on that streaky, propelling, instead of declining way that the Bengals are. I think the Chiefs are falling back a little bit. Not crazy. I mean, it's the NFL. It happens every day. 
I just think the Bengals are a better team at the moment. And I wish people would quit ripping on Josh Allen and saying that he's not a great quarterback and that he caused the Bills to lose games and he did this and he wasn't as good as Joe Burrow or whatever. They got to the divisional round game. I mean, the Bills got to the divisional round. They're one of eight teams left in the NFL. They played well, just not when they needed to. And it happens, even to the greats. Quit hating on Josh Allen. He's a great quarterback. Watch. The Bills will be back better than ever. Not even worried about it. The interview you are about to hear with Scott Anderson, photographer with Shaw Media, is brought to you by Mendota Ford. Mendota Ford is a community dealership that is dedicated to being community first. A small dealership in a smaller town. The staff of General Manager Ski Hartman and his associate Jason Hintz pride themselves in being here for you. They don't want to sell you one vehicle. They want to form a bond, a relationship to get you every vehicle you want and cars, trucks, and SUVs for your friends and family. Ski has lived in Princeton since he was five years old and has been with Mendota Ford for two years. He has plenty of experience helping you with all of your vehicle needs as he has been in motorcycle business for 20 years and over 10 years in car sales and management. Jason Hintz has been with Mendota Ford for seven years, giving him the experience needed to help customers in every way possible. You can purchase any vehicle off any lot in the Mendota Ford family. Ski and Jason will make sure they track it down and hand you the keys with a little jingle jangle. To check out the many options on the lot, Mendota Ford is located just south of Mendota on Highway 251. To look ahead or find a vehicle on another lot, check out www.mendotaford.com. Call 815-539-9314 for all vehicle inquiries with Mendota Ford. Well, that means it's time to listen to Scott Anderson talk about his opportunity taking photos at a Chicago Bears game. Then we will hear a word from another fantastic sponsor, Surf Internet. And then we will wrap the show up with Ottawa junior Drake Kaufman as he talks about his experience at the Illinois High School Sports Association, IHSA's state golf meet that happened this fall. We will be back soon. Got some amazing interviews in the vaults. We are working on more interviews. Just contacted about 10 more people for podcast interviews. And we have got a planner full of chats. So until next time, peace. I just got off the phone with a golfer. We've been talking to state golfers because this area had all kinds of amazing golfers in the state competition, boys and girls style. Well, one of my fondest memories on the golf course is driving around with my buddy, a photographer at the News Tribune, Scott Anderson, and there might have been rough turbulence and maybe people getting bucked out of the golf cart, but it was always fun. Scott, you got to remember those days. Oh, it was great. You know, that picture just came up on my news feed today, literally. It was literally on there, uh, 2017, I believe it came up with the year on it, so it was pretty cool. I was in a golf cart. Where were we at? Princeton? Yeah. Were we in Princeton? Uh, it might have been Chapel Hill. Yeah, it could be. I think it was Chapel Hill. Yeah. And I was in a golf yeah, cart, right. and you're like, hey, act like you're driving away and turn around. And I forgot what you put on the wording because you printed it out, and it was awesome. I still have that. Yeah, it was peace out. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. And you autographed it, too. I sure did. I sure did. Yes, you did. Yeah. Went to Texas for about almost two months and came right back. That's right. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of pretty cool, 
Yeah. You had a great opportunity on Thursday, even though the game between the Chicago Bears and the Washington Commanders was pretty awful, 13-7, I believe. You were there taking photos. Yes, it was my third Bears game around the field, and uh, the whole experience is just just incredible. I mean, you know, you walk up to the will call window, you get your uh, credential, you go through security, they check everything, and then uh, you head into the tunnel. And the tunnel is where it gets interesting because that's, you know, behind the scenes. A lot of people don't see that. You know, there's, there's only 2,000 photographers a week that shoot NFL. So that's pretty awesome. Small group of uh, media people that do that. So I was luckily and fortunate to be one of them. But, uh, yeah, the, the, the whole experience is just, you know, top to bottom. You walk in, they have a media room where you go into. I edit all my pictures in there. Um, I see probably... Almost the entire game for about maybe five or ten minutes of it because I, I go down and edit some photos before halftime and then through halftime, then I come back in the third quarter. So, but yeah, it was it's it, the whole the whole thing. Like I said, it's just it's it's it's, it's a great thing to to do, and I hope people can do that. You know, be fortunate to to do something like that. But I'm really lucky. So yeah. So during the game, where are you posted taking photos? Are you at the end of an end zone? I am pretty much all over the field. I, I usually start on the uh, visitor side. In this case, it was the commanders. Then I head to uh, the bear side for the second half. But uh, I can roam pretty much the entire perimeter, except like near the bench area, like the 25-yard line. They won't let you go past the 25 to the 25 because that's where the players are. Um, a lot of the special team players I can actually interact with because they're literally right behind me on the sidelines, and they're away from everybody else. They're warming up and doing their stretches and that and playing catch and kicking field goals. And uh, Cairo Santos and I, uh, we actually got to talk for a few minutes. It was pretty cool. A three-minute conversation. You talk about one of the nicest guys. Just amazing. He did real down-to-earth and polite and probably one of the nicest uh, athletes I've ever met, to be honest with you. What did you guys talk about in three minutes? Oh, uh, yeah. We, uh, we just kind of chat back and forth and where you're from, how you got into the sport uh, just, you know, just a great, great guy, just back and forth going at it. And, yeah, the first thing I said to him was, it was it's good to see somebody my height around here because Cairo is, you know, about my height, about 5'10", five, 5'9". Five, so <laughs> everybody else is, everybody else is six foot tall. But like when you're up next to these players, right up next to them, and when you're there as a fan, it's a totally different perspective. I mean, it's just, it's, they're so huge and so tall and fast and, Nothing against our local high school athletes, but it's just, it's, it's incredible to see the difference. And when you see it, it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I've stood next to quite a few tall athletes in my time, too. No doubt. Yeah. That, that's hilarious. Like, what an icebreaker. Like, hey, glad that somebody's my height. Yeah, it is. That's the first thing I said. It was, it's good to see somebody my height around here. He just starts laughing and we talk a little bit. Yeah, just one of the nicest guys you ever want to meet, so, awesome. by far. Very mm -hmm. cool, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I got some close-up video of the the punter, I think it was the Scales. He was uh, right next to me. I just said hi to him. You know, he was right in the middle of this warm-up routine, and I didn't want to bother him too much. So that's, that's, that's the thing where you you want to interact with these guys, but you can't ask for autograph as a media personnel. You can't go up to him and say, hey, can I autograph you, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, no, you can you know, interact with them a lot, and... You talk to him for a couple minutes and always say, hi, how you doing? You know, like I said, a lot of the special teams players will hang back and you're able to talk to them more than I can. Like a lot of the, uh, the people on the field, like the, the offensive defense, but, you know, those positions. So, 
Definitely. What were some yeah. of the best shots that you got from the game? That uh, one at the end zone, right at the end where Mooney uh, was like inches away from the yard line for the to tie it. That was my best one, I think, because uh, a lot of the other ones got the same shot, but it's a different angle. But I don't know if you see it. It's, it's online, but you can check it out. And uh, it's uh, probably my favorite one out of all of them. So. And right as you're taking that photo, I am throwing stuff around in my house, <laughs> yelling at the I TV. Know. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I was doing the same thing. I was like, oh, no. You know, yeah. <laughs> It was something else. At least oh. you you were semi doing something productive. Or you were doing something productive. I was not. I was mad. Yeah, you probably couldn't hear it on TV, but the bluebirds were definitely out that evening, that's for sure. Oh, they had to have been, yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Or even like a couple possessions before that when mm -hmm. uh, Fields gets stuffed on the one-yard line or like the two-yard line or whatever right short of a touchdown. I'm like, how are you guys getting here so close <laughs> and then not doing anything? What are you doing? I know, yeah. They were right there. I mean, every almost every game, they have been almost right there. The last game was the same way. But like I said, the whole experience is just awesome, and I wish that other people can experience what I go, what I do when I'm there. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm glad that you get to do that, man. Like, uh, you know, I've been to MLB games, NBA oh, games, yeah. stuff like that, and when you get that. You know, that opportunity, that sure. excitement that you're not, I mean, not going to say that you're not used to, but something that doesn't happen every day. It's a fantastic yeah. thing to be a part of. Oh, it is, definitely, yeah. You know, when you're there as a fan, like I said, it's a totally different perspective. And then when you're, when you're there as, as a media, when you're next to these guys and right up front and going through tunnels and, and you know, I, I walked through the Bears tunnel and I almost felt like a player just coming out on that field. It's just, a, it gives you goosebumps. It's, it's, it's awesome. And it's really, really tough when you're first doing it not to fanboy. Like, you see somebody right. that you've watched, like, your entire life, like, oh, my exactly. God. But you can't really be like that. Otherwise, A, they're going to look at you like you're a nut job and yeah. you're not professional. So you have to be professional with your, your craft. But you're at the same time, like, in awe of these people that you watched on TV for years. And now you're, like, right next to them. I know. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was maybe at the closest, I'd say, about... 10 to 15 feet from Justin Fields. I was probably about the same from from Montgomery and uh, Herbert. Yeah, all of them pretty much. Yeah, nice. <laughs> pretty neat. So, so yeah. Did you heckle yeah. them? No, <laughs> I, didn't really, I, didn't, I didn't want to say a word. You know, they really can't hear a lot of booze and the screaming and all that. This is towards the end of the game. Yeah, because then you're just one of the people that they're <laughs> hearing but not hearing around them. Right, right. Yeah, for sure. That's hilarious. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, so like I said, it's just awesome. Got any other big opportunities like that coming up that you know of? I know at the uh, our line of work, they kind of just come. They're not really planned ahead of time. No, no I'm doing a lot of uh, state stuff this year. I got state volleyball, photographing that, regardless of whoever gets in. So let's good luck to area teams. Uh, doing state football, too. So uh, hopefully we'll see Princeton in there and uh, maybe some others. We'll never know. And if you see Princeton, you're going to see me there. Yeah, I'll be there too. Yeah, definitely. That'd be cool. Yeah, I, we hope. I, I hope they get by, uh, get a good draw and get in there. Yeah, it'd be great. They just got a couple teams they got to worry about because Class yeah. 3A is talented. It's so it deep. Is. It's very stacked, yeah, for sure. Especially IC Catholic, that's a big one. So we'll see what happens. And there's talks that uh, Sacred Heart mm -hmm. in Springfield is going to move down from 4A to 3A. And if that happens, that's mm -hmm. going to make the field even tougher. Yes, it would, too. That's, yeah, that'll be a really interesting class, that's for sure. Well, my friend, 
former co-worker but i mean i guess we're doing podcasts together and if we're in princeton at the same time i guess we're sort of kind of still working together right yeah there you go pretty much yeah however you want to look at it yeah right <laughs> well thank yeah. you for joining us as always scott anderson with the newest tribune photographer extraordinaire always appreciate having you on edge of your sleep podcast you're welcome thanks thanks for having me appreciate it hello mendota Resolve to make stronger connections with Surf Fiber Internet. Right now, get two free Eero Wi-Fi routers with gig speed. And with all speed plans, you can add on a home phone for just $10 a month. Unlike the other guys, there's no contracts, hidden fees, or annual rate increases. Ever. Don't miss out. Call 844-955-SURF. Or visit surfinternet.com to make the switch today. Limited time offer, restrictions apply. Not trying to get anybody in trouble when it comes to education. But our guest right now is in the hallway, Ottawa High School, taking a break to speak with Edgeversity Podcast. I don't know to feel like a bad guy or to feel like, hey, this guy wants to talk to us or however we want to sound. But he's on. Drake Kaufman, Ottawa Junior, golf extraordinaire, Drake, how's it going, my friend? I'm great. How about you? I'm doing all right. Are you going to get in trouble for being in the hallway? No, I think I'll be all right. My, my teacher's pretty pretty calm, so. And your golf coach, Keith, said, like, hey, call him out during homeroom. I'm like, uh, are you sure? He's like, yes, he'll take your call. They don't really care here at Ottawa too much. They're, they're pretty laid back. It's nice. Are your grades good enough to say, like, hey, it's okay if I take a phone call real quick to be on Edge of Your Seat Podcast? Yeah, you know, I, I think they are. I think my, my homeroom teacher just didn't really care. Like, I kind of just walked out of the classroom and didn't really say anything. <laughs> Maybe it's just because she knows you're okay, everything's good. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. We got you on because State Golf just wrapped up and you were in the top 30. You finished 30th out of Ottawa. Class 1A has tons of great golfers. You were able to be towards the top of that list, how did that make you feel ending your junior season in that kind of manner? Yeah, I thought it was a really good way to end it. It was, it was a ton of fun going down the state. And I was, I was really glad that uh, Seth, my teammate, sophomore, I was, I was really glad that he could come with because we had a good two days down there. We're definitely going to talk about the Pirates in general because you guys had a great team this year. But let us I just want to focus on you and State real quick. Then we'll get to Seth, Jonathan, all the rest of the guys. What was going through your head during State? This was your first time, correct? This was my second time. As a, as a freshman, I qualified to go down there, but because of COVID, they didn't, they didn't have it. Last year, I went down too. So you qualified as a freshman, you went last year, and then you went this year. Yep, exactly. All right, we got it all figured out. Perfect. So second time in state, like I said, off air. I've said your name on this podcast a bunch of times, going through scores, going through accomplishments. So I honestly, I was like, I think he's a junior, but he might be a senior because I think I've said his name in like the senior realm of times. But junior year, been there before. Was it any different? Or you're like, hey, you know, I've been here. I'm just going to golf. Yeah, one part of it was like super different. The fact that like, you know, last year we made it as a team, and this year it was just me and Seth individually going down there. So it was it was a little bit different. You know, you're kind of going into it a little different, like mentally. But I thought it was like a lot less pressure going on going down there as an individual because you're only kind of worried about your score. When going down there as a team, you're kind of thinking about the whole entire. 
does it work with you and Seth? And we keep saying Seth, it's Seth Cooper. How did it work with you two down there? Did you get to golf with him, or were you guys separated? How did that work? So we got separated, but we were we were right by each other, and like two times we teed off like very similar times. Yeah, so the practice round, we got to be together, and then for the actual first day of state, we got separated times. So Obviously, everybody wants to win. I mean, we're competitors. That's what we do. We want to win it all. But were you comfortable with your finishing spot of 30th, or did you like, hey, it wasn't my best? What was your thoughts afterwards of your performance at state? I don't know. It wasn't, I mean, I was kind of looking at last year's a lot. You know, I got, I got 11th in state last year. Kind of had higher expectations coming into it this year, but you know it's hard. You got to play two good rounds, two days in a row. They were okay. It wasn't anything terrible, but I just couldn't get really anything going. Putting wasn't wasn't the best. Uh oh, you didn't? Did you five putt any? No, I did not five putt. That's good. I mean, I, I had a, a couple of three putts. But you're like, no five putts. That's just way. No, no, I'm way better yeah. than that. <laughs> no five putts. <laughs> that was good. Perfect. Perfect. At State and throughout the season, what was the strong part of your game? Was it long game, short game, chipping? What was, like, your go-to, like, hey, I'm at this point, I should be okay doing this? I don't know. Something I've always been, like, pretty happy about my game with is, like, my my, my 58th degree, especially just that club in general, like, chipping around the green and, like, longer wedge shots from, like, 70 to 80 yards. Those are, like, my favorite kind of shots to hit, and that's kind of do best then. And State, is that Prairie Vista golf course in Bloomington uh, obviously you've been there before what is your you know initial thoughts of that course I know I hear it's awesome it's beautiful it's tough you know there's some difficult holes what is your you know review of Prairie Vista I like it a lot it's kind of challenging you gotta be smart off the tee because you can get into you can get into some serious trouble I don't know I feel like the, the course kind of sets up my game pretty well I mean I I tend to score good there I didn't like I said I didn't play phenomenal or whatever but you know I I love I love the course it's set up nice and the bunkers are super nice there gotcha you said it sets well with your game kind of elaborate on that and what does it format or shift to help you with your game yeah so I'd say like probably the yardage of the uh, the course you know because if you, if you set yourself good off the tee and you got like those those short wedges in I was talking about that I've been doing good this year with. And if I get those in, you know, I can make the make the course a, a whole lot easier. So you went down there already knowing this and you're like, huh, I'll be okay. Yeah, no, I was I was excited. I was feeling really confident going down. I wasn't crazy nervous or anything. Which I guess it's a good thing. And then the golf gods were like, Hey, we're gonna let you have an okay day, but not your best. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do feel like if there's any sport that has a group or just an entire skyline full of gods that are overpowering everything, it's golf. Yeah, definitely. It's a confusing game. I enjoy it. Same here. I got into it last year. I am nowhere near your level and never will be. But I do enjoy it. It's fun, but it is mind-wrenching and the most mental sport game ever. Yeah, definitely. You gotta think a lot. There's strategy, there's confidence, there's not beating yourself up, there's moving to the next hole, letting the other one, you know, fade away if you did bad. There's so many things yeah. that you have to be mentally strong for, and if you're not, you're going to have a bad day on the greens. Yeah, you're definitely right. That's probably something I'm pretty good at is my mental game. You know, just like not, not getting too frustrated after a bad hole and kind of staying focused, going on to the next one.
how do you think you developed that or built that? Was it something that was just there or something that like you focused on like, Hey, I can't get myself down. I can't beat myself up. Was it something you did like yeah. that or how did it come about? I think it was probably just like me. Like, I've, I mean, I started playing golf in the grade. What grade? Seventh I'm sorry. Grade. You cut out for just a second. What grade? Seven, about seventh or eighth grade I started. So you've had time to develop. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know, going into it, I kind of didn't think much of it. Like, I just, I thought the game was so fun. I just kind of figured there'd, no, there'd be no point in getting so upset about, like, a bad shot or a bad hole and carry it, uh, like, over into high school. And I kind of thought the same about the high school season. You know, just kind of have fun and play. And the more you don't get mad, the better you do. Well said. I'll try to remember that, too, and be like, hey, Drake Kaufman told me this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the Pirates in general. You had a great season all year long. We've mentioned Seth Cooper. I brought up Jonathan Cooper. There's a couple other guys. If you could mention them and, you know, what it meant playing with them this year. Yeah, so we got Alex Billings, Chandler Creedon, like you said, the Cooper boys, Jonathan and Seth, and then Jacob Armstrong as well. And I really, I don't know, I thought we had a great year this year. We were, we were going into it with super high expectations coming in from last year that made our tournaments a lot more I don't know a lot more pressure on them I guess because you guys wanted to do well or thought you should do well so you added the pressure yeah exactly we added the pressure but kind of made it difficult at times we're a good enough team to where we can handle that pressure and take that you know no doubt, no doubt. I'm going to put you on the spot here and ask you, what year do you think is better? I mean, regular season, you guys were crushing it, winning all kinds of tournaments and stuff like that. This year, last year, you guys advanced you know, as a team to state. Do you think you guys had a better year last year or a better year this year? That's super hard to say, you know, because like we got into different tournaments this year rather than last year. But I don't know, last year, like I said, you know, we had a whole different mindset. Like, we were kind of more relaxed going into every tournament and kind of just, like, you know, threw it up in the air, like, whatever. And uh, this year, you know, like I, like I said, it was, like, a lot more pressure or, like, more expectations. And we felt like we could have done a lot more this year. And I think we might have put a little bit of pressure on us that, you know, made us made us a little nervous at times. But last year, you know, we were, we were super relaxed playing the whole time and made it a lot easier probably. Again, the head thing. So this year, you guys kind of try too hard because you know the po- the potential of what you could do, but then kind of forced it a little bit. Yeah, it was a, yeah, it was a little forced. I mean, we just gotta stay calm, really. And I feel like last year we we did a really good job at just going into a tournament and not thinking much of it. You know, if we want it, we want it, then we're happy. But we weren't thinking. You know, that was the only thing that we had to do. You just had to do it. I mean, that's what you got to do. Yeah. You had no choice, Drake. <laughs> had no choice. <laughs> well, Drake Coffin, thank you for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast, talking state golf, talking about the Pirates golf team and the crazy, amazing season that all of you had. Thank you again, and hopefully we catch up. I mean, you got another year yeah. of this, man. I do, I do, yeah. Thank you very much for the call. I appreciate this.